Hey, this is Josie Asensio, pastor of the Haven Adventist Church, and this is our podcast. I'm so glad you're joining us today. I hope this message inspires you to deepen your walk with God and develop personally so you can encourage those you dwell with. Enjoy the message. Good morning. I am so glad to be here with you today. And I'm just so grateful that you are joining us today, this morning. I am talking to you about the series, The New Normal. Today we are in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And we are talking about the ascension. And I was was thinking about what our new normal is. I don't know that I have really kept up with the headlines of the news as much as I have during this season. Um, It feels as if there is one moment of unpredictability to the next. The situation is so fluid I never know what to expect from the time I go to sleep to the time I wake up in the morning. There have been these big changes that have happened. Um, I, I get really excited when I get to go to the store and I I met a cashier, his name was David, and David was helping someone else when I was there in line waiting for my turn, and I realized that for the first time there was a sign that said that I could not put anything on the conveyor belt until I was given the okay by my cashier. Now, if I'm honest, I was a little irritated and confused about why I couldn't do that. Um, I was frustrated, like, oh, just one more thing that's changed, one more thing that's different. Now I can't even put my my stuff on the conveyor belt. This is so frustrating. Have you ever have you ever found yourself experiencing like there's one little change and you're like, oh, I just can't take any more of these little changes. And so I waited patiently and uh, realized that David wanted to make sure that he had disinfected the conveyor belt so that my food and the products that I was purchasing were not contaminated by the conveyor belt. I felt really bad that um, I had gotten a little frustrated, uh, but I was very grateful that I kept that frustration to myself. And I put my stuff on the conveyor belt. And the first thing that I do with all of the cashiers that I talk to is just ask them how they're doing. Hey, how are you doing? I hope that your day is going well. And he started to share that things have been so busy that it has been non-stop. And I, I said to him, well, thank you so much for all that you're doing because I really need to be able to buy food and I'm just so grateful that you guys are still open. Thank you for what you do. And he kind of stopped scanning and he, he looked at me and he said, thank you so much for saying that. He said, I'm tired. And honestly, I can't, I can't wait for the restaurants to open because then things will calm down a little bit more here. And so, you know, I was asking him about pay and, you know, do you get paid? Um, like, do you guys get raises? And he said that I, I, you know, so grateful for Safeway. They give all of their employees a little bit of an extra COVID uh, bonus for working during these times. And um, 
and 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 he was just talking about you know just his experience of having to really just put himself in a uh, situation where he's talking to a lot of people and most people weren't um, grateful and he was just so grateful that I had said thank you um, it's interesting how the things that bring us joy and the things that we get excited about are so different than they were just two months ago. And the expectations that we have of the people around us are so different. It's, it's hard to go day to day when it feels as if our power to decide it's almost as if it's been taken away. But I also trust that there are people who know more scientifically than I do that have my best interest at heart. I was talking to someone this week and they said that it was really important that I remember to always think the best of people until they prove otherwise. And it's hard because we live here in a rural place and, and I grew up in, in, in counties that were much more populated than Napa County, um, which shot out really quick to all of our leadership in the community. We have um, stellar organization of all our community entities. Like it is amazing to see how everyone has been activated and how quickly committees and subcommittees have been put on together and shout out to to uh, to Judy thank you Judy for taking one of those committees she's on our resource committee for the county um, I I had so much on my plate and she just stepped right in and has been willing to work with them and been doing a great job. Thank you, Judy. And then also thank you to Deborah um, because she is arranging for our foster families to continue to receive their certification for foster care during this time. And so she's working with one of our, I think it's Aldea, she's working with Aldea to make sure that we get classes online for them. Um, we have so many opportunities to serve and I'm just so grateful for the members of our church that are willing to help me um, with, with being on committees and working with other community organizations. Um, so just a side note for that, your church is doing some pretty big things and make sure that you let Judy and Deborah know that you are grateful for the ministry that they are doing in our county. Um, I just, I, I really, am amazed at how I can take for granted the fact that things aren't as bad here as they could be. I have friends that are hospital workers um, in Southern California, Los Angeles County, Riverside San Bernardino County, um, uh, Orange County, and in those places there are nurses that are posting on their Instagram, some of, some of them my friends, that are saying, we go to work so that you can stay home. Uh, talking about different cases, like I, uh, there was somebody that came in that had no fever and they tested positive. Please stay home. Uh, it's, 
it's interesting how I can take for granted the fact that it hasn't come here in that way because we've done such a great job of sheltering at home because we started sheltering at home before we had one case in our county. And so it's really hard to understand why all of our lives have changed in the same way as these other counties. And I was thinking about, which is why we're talking about the Ascension today, what were some other places where people in scripture experienced big shifts and suddenly everything that they knew as normal was thrown out the window and they had to find a new way of existing. This is what uh, this is what Acts 1 chapter 6 says. It says, so when they, meaning the disciples, and not just the 12 disciples, uh, but, but the greater group of disciples that included women, some of who financed the ministry of Jesus, um, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And the way that it is phrased in the Greek, it says when they asked that they asked and they kept asking. So this was something that they they asked more than once. Lord, um, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Hey, Lord, um, what about the kingdom of Israel? Are we going to restore that? Um, Lord, when are you going to talk to us about restoring the kingdom of Israel? Which is so interesting because just a few verses before, it talked about the reason that Jesus's 40 days happened. He essentially um, gave a 40-day seminar on the kingdom of God. And yet, they're on their way just outside the city to the Mount of Olives. And the question they keep asking is about the kingdom of Israel. Israel at one point was in charge uh, and they had their own kingdom with kings. We think of King David and King Solomon. And they're wondering how they could get back to that. Because that's something they hadn't had in a really long time. And Jesus responded in this way. He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Now, there are two words in Greek for time. One is uh, chronos, which is chronological time. And the other is kairos, which is appointed time. And so the chronos, chronological time, is translated here time. But the, the kairos, appointed time, is translated seasons. And so he's essentially saying, it is not for you to know the, chronolog the chronology of time or the appointed time that the Father has fixed by his own authority. That's not for you to know. That is not within your power. The, uh, the word authority that is translated here is also translatable as, as power, but it is a power that gives one the right to have uh, power over, to exert uh, a right to, to lead. And, and so it's, it's, 
It's important that we know that this is a word for power because the word power comes into play again just a few words down the road. And so he tells them that the chronological time and the appointed time is not for them to know. It is not within their power. That isn't within the power of God. But there is a power that they are going to receive. And the word power here is called, is, um, in the Greek is dunamis. Dunamis. And the word dunamis is translated in English as dynamite. That's where we get the word dynamite from. So essentially, this word for power is an explosive power. And it says this, Jesus says, you will receive this explosive power, not authority power. You will not receive power to rule over. You're going to receive explosive power when and only when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And this is what the power is to be used for. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And then it says, and to the end of the earth. So the conversation is about the misunderstanding of what power is. And that was the new normal. Is saying to them, the way that you have experienced and understood power in the past is not the kind of power that God is giving you. The kind of power that God is giving you is an authority power to know chronology. It is an authority power to know the appointed time for when the kingdom of Israel will be restored. You're missing the point. I want you to know that you will be given an explosive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is what the power is to be used for, to be a witness of the power an impact of God. Before they understood that the people with real power were Caesar, were the leaders of counties, the people who could impose taxes, the people who could make the shelter at home uh, rules, the, the people who decided what is and is not an essential business, the people who decided whether or not we were going to be wearing face masks. Now, the power that Jesus is talking about is the power of the Spirit of God, which is not to be lorded over people. It is the power to share your testimony about what God has done in our lives. That's the shift. 
the shift is moving away from being in control to a place where I trust that God is in control and I am asking the Spirit of God to guide me. So my control is something I let go of so that I can leave that authority to God and use the power given to me to share my testimony. I want to be able to tell people that we need more testing freely. I want to I want to be able to have the authority to get N95 masks for anyone or to be able to say these are the places where we don't have to wear masks. I want to be able to say that we should not have to think about this coronavirus anymore. I just want it to go away. But that's not in my authority. What is in my authority, no matter what the circumstances, is for me to beg and to plead and to search for and to seek the Holy Spirit so that I may understand what real power is. And that is power to transform the lives of people that I come in contact with because the Holy Spirit is working deeply inside me. And I'm not sharing proof texts from the Bible, and I'm not sharing my theological understandings that are prolific. What I am sharing is the experiences that I have had with God and how God has transformed my life. And the first place that they were told to do that was in Jerusalem, the very place where Jesus was crucified, to the very leaders that crucified Jesus on a cross. That's the place where they begin. So they understand the power that is working within them, which is the Spirit of God. And the only way that we can receive the Spirit of God is when it is given to us as a gift by God because we are waiting for it. We are seeking it. It's one thing to be someone that's knowledgeable. It's another thing to be someone that is filled with the Spirit of God. It's almost as if you can feel it seeping from the pores of their lives. And you see how the Spirit transforms people. You know how the Spirit transforms you because once when you were younger, you used to not be able to control your anger. And now, you can keep it to yourself while, while you realize that the thing that you were angry about was nothing to be angry about at all. Once you were quick to make 
decisions that got you angry, but now you kind of wait and get the information. Once you wanted to uh, make quick decisions and, and, and you, you didn't want to wait, you didn't have patience, and now you know that things come in their own time. Once, I'm, I'm thinking of the fruits of the Spirit, right? The love and joy. Once, once you were sad and depressed and you were always thinking about a reason why things aren't the way they should be. But now you're in the space of gratitude and you're finding that you're living in more places of joy. You can see within yourself and those who know you really well can see when the spirit is working in you. And how is the spirit work work? How do you know the spirit is working in you? Because it manifests itself in the ways of the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then from there, from Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, the outskirts, Samaria, the place where people were half-breeds. The word Samaritan means dog. They weren't allowed in the temple. You touched a Samaritan, you were unclean. And then to the ends of the earth, everyone that isn't Jewish, everyone that is not your religion. You don't tell them to believe in your religion. You tell them to believe in a God. And this is my testimony. You use the scripture of your story, the scripture of your life. That's where the dunamis power I think those are some very similar shifts that we are making in our own lives. We're wanting things to go back to the way they were. We want to have the authority to make decisions that were once in our hands, but that's not the power that God wants for us. The power that God wants for us is the power of the Holy Spirit that is used to be a witness for the kingdom of God that others may come to know God because this place where we live right now is just a temporary home. And the place that God is taking us to is the kingdom of God. And therefore, we have to prioritize the kingdom of God above every other thing that we experience. May that be your priority. May you pray until it hurts, until you have bruises on your knees and a spot on your forehead from placing your head on the floor and your knees um, being scarred up because you are praying so much that God would send the Holy Spirit so deeply in your life. May you find comfort in the Spirit of God, knowing that that is the place where we experience true power that is to be used to love on people, to share our story of how powerful God has worked in us in a unique way, and to challenge others 
to enter into that journey with us. May that be our new normal. May that be the priority of our lives, no matter the circumstances, but especially now. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for promising to send the Holy Spirit. God, I ask that everyone within the sound of my voice receives an anointing of the Holy Spirit right now. Bless us, God. Speak to us. Correct us. Discipline us. And guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to The Haven Cast. At The Haven Adventist Church, we aspire to deepen spiritually and develop personally so we can encourage those we dwell with. We're so glad to be on this journey with you and hope that you come back and join us again.